Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Dave Schrader from WBIY-TV up in Green Bay. Also, we got our buddy Mike Clements here as well. Did you get uh, in okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's exciting. We're at the no Super blizzard Bowl. this time. Miami is beautiful, but it's a typical Super Bowl city now. You know, roads are blocked. Things are, you know, detours. You can't get that way. No, you can't get that way either. Um, I found parking in Orlando. And uh, then I found a working elevator in Kissimmee. Uh, so that's how I got there into this go. convention center. I took an Uber. This place is huge, man. I was trying Lost to get a leg at Lake Okeechobee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, when I ran through some gators. Right. Yeah, but other than that, it's, it's been great so far. So um, you heard Chris Sims, and D- Dave's here with us. Mike's here with us. You heard Chris Sims. We were talking about because everything kind of comes back home, comes back to the Green Bay Packers. So, Dave, I haven't had you on yet, but give me your assessment of what you thought of the Packers this season and the way the season ended. Uh, the way the season ended is a far different story than what I thought about the Packers as a whole. If you take California out of the equation, I mean, beyond a great season. But obviously when things end with such a decisive loss to a team that had already beaten you decisively, you scratch your head and say, I think we're a long way off. But at the same time, if the Packers had played any other team in the NFC in the playoffs, I think they'd have wound up here in Miami for yeah. the Super Bowl. It's a bad matchup for them. They've got some work to do. But 14 wins in a right. first year for Lafleur. That's unreal stuff. Yeah. Chris Sims uh, said what uh, very emphatically what a lot of us were thinking. He said, no disrespect to certain guys. You need to get bigger up front in the defensive trenches. Like Tyler Lancaster and such, that's great, but you need to get bigger. You need to get bigger, stronger. And then he said, Aaron Rodgers needs more weapons. And he those does. are the two things that we're talking about, everybody's talking about. It's obvious to us. I guess the, the, the disappointing thing is, you know, the Emmanuel Sanders thing, would he have helped – propel this team that little extra and also taken away from san francisco you know their packers addition would have been their subtraction so would it have helped them i don't know but it just you know they brought in ryan grant we never saw the guy i think it was just a name on a paper you know what i mean never saw that cat so you know brian gudekins has a little bit of work to do a lot of work to do really when you start to look at some of the holes in free agency so you tell me do you bring balaga back do you bring mason crosby back do you start bringing some of these guys back or do you start to say you know what we're going to take some of that money. We're going to invest it in some guys that have some commodity. I think you bring back Balaga and Crosby for sure. Unless Balaga is going to fetch, I don't know, a lot more money than you're willing to spend. He's probably going to get, what, seven, eight, nine million dollars a year. You would figure but, he hey, earned some money this he, year. He played at a level commensurate with that pay level this right. year, and he stayed healthy, started 16 games for the Packers. I think what you mentioned, the weapons, it's important. A good quarterback can make inferior receivers look better than they actually are. The Packers just don't have the pedigree there. They don't have the first, second, even third round picks there. They have day three picks and undrafted guys behind Devontae Adams. It's been so long, 2014, since they drafted a receiver in the first two days of the draft, and that was Devontae, and it's been since, what, Javon Walker for a first round pick at receiver? So I, I think with a deep receiver draft, you definitely have to target that and maybe take one or two cracks at it the first two days. Last spring, they thought in his second year, Marquez Valdez-Gantling was going to be a huge weapon. I think they thought that, that at the trade deadline, too. That you got, you know, maybe Jimmy Graham will be better uh, and hopefully more healthy. You got Devontae Adams and everything that he can do. And then three or four times you go deep to MVS, who's the fastest guy in the field. And all Aaron has to do is set that up with some play action and throw the deep post 
and 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 you got it you got it done. You haven't had that kind of action since Greg Jennings was early in his career in his speed, Jordy Nelson, etc. Uh, it didn't happen. Didn't materialize. And then you got to one week where both MVS and Geronimo Allison were questionable or doubtful. They rallied and they were able to play in that game. And so in a panic situation, they signed the veteran Ryan Grant and spent those years with the, the Redskins, had been released by the Raiders, but he never touched the field because they just felt he was the seventh or eighth you know, best choice out there. Um, when Aaron Rodgers was talking about this, playing the 49ers a second time at his locker and to assess, well, how do you think the 49ers scene is, is gone? He charted off, checked off all the things that we knew about the 49ers, and he just happened to throw in, and then they made a nice pick up there, picking up Emmanuel Sanders, which is like, you know, okay, all right. And we all knew about it. We all knew as the trade deadline was coming on. But Brian Goodikins, unsolicited, made it a point to say last Friday, yeah, you know, if I had done anything differently, it would have been offensively. And we were trying, but the value wasn't there. Yeah, third, and what he's a saying is, pick for Sanders, we're I not think. giving up three draft picks yeah. Yeah. like the Broncos got out of the 49ers. And yet, would that have made the difference in this game? Because actually, it's the defense and their run defense that let you down. The... Uh... We talked about the trenches. The secondary is another area that got criticized. I don't know if it's right in the sense that you had guys that were trying to play longer. Now, granted, they had a pretty good pass rush all season long. Zedarius and Preston Smith, obviously. Um, but what became kind of the Achilles heel was while the secondary played well, they took some chances at time and got burned. The middle of the field, you know, Blake Martinez for the amount of tackles, leading the league and all that kind of stuff at, at a point in time. Do you bring him back? I think that is uh... – a money issue and i think if you're blake you're you're seeking top dollar you're waiting till the free agent market opens and you're seeing what you can get i'm not sure the packers will match what other teams will offer at that position he led the league in tackles two years ago i think he was fifth this year he's always been top five there people claim you know he makes the tackles too far downfield after giving up a big play our friend bill huber has had some great stats if you look at his his article on whether or not they should bring blake back in terms of run stuffs or positive tackles that aren't too far downfield he ranks middle of the pack for a starter at inside linebacker like 10 to 15 range it's not terrible but you don't want to be just good you want right. to be elite you i've always said he's solid. Had i've always order. said it's, yeah. it blake is not bad and he's aj not great. for him yes he, he's just solid correct you know and when you're looking for dynamic solid doesn't cut it and, and that's part of the part of the issue that the packers have with the middle linebacking position. so my take on this is first of all he's such a great guy yes and he's right. so dedicated absolutely and so and smart last year we're in new england and they're playing the patriots and he got his ankle all twisted up and had to go in the locker room and i thought oh maybe season ending it looked that bad in the replay the guy comes out like three drives later it's all taped up and he plays on this swollen ankle for the next three or four weeks he's been playing the last month with a broken hand Mm-hmm. And people haven't talking, you know, haven't talked much about that. The guy's available, and he's leading your team at many times, leading the league in tackles. So you can't ask for a better guy than that, and a guy for us to communicate with about what's going on with the team. But as it got toward the end of the season, his agent took over and basically said, "They're not calling us. Uh, this is business time now. You talk to me. We're going to get you the best deal that we can." And that probably isn't going to be Green Bay because we know that there's a market out there for you. 
average fan has watched these games and said, well, this guy isn't fast enough. He can't drop back into coverage. I don't know if that's his assignment, but I do know that Mike Patton at one point said three-quarters of the season, like, where's has Blake hit his ceiling? I mean, what you know, what's next? And he seemed to say the guy as the captain of the defense sets that defense very well. But he's had a problem, and it dated back to last year, and he tried to break out of it where he was worried so much about the other 10 guys and positioning that he might overstep and not take care of his own assignment. And the other thing is, well, but, but he's your leading tackler. And Petten just <laughs> shortly said he should be the way the defense is set up. Right. Uh, real quick before I let you guys go, um, so what are you covering down here? What uh, What is intriguing? Obviously, there's a lot of things that relate back to Green Bay, and people, everybody around, you know, Chris Sims is telling us all about Aaron Rodgers and his season, but what is uh, some of the more intriguing things you're covering? I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. I want to talk to Matt LaFleur's brother tonight at opening night if I yeah. get a chance. Just I want to needle him, see if I can get some stories from right. the youth. We're, gonna, of course, going to cover Leroy Butler, a finalist for the Hall of yep. Fame. We want to catch up with him. This could be a huge, huge week for him and well-deserving. With we the hope it is. He's put together. He definitely deserves it. And then, then I just want to talk to people about different rules on the horizon. Will they keep reviewing pass interference? Was it an absolute disaster as it looked from afar? Uh, are they going to change onside kicks with what they tried in the Pro Bowl? There's yeah. just a lot of stuff to talk about with a lot of the, the big names and the superstars in this league here in Miami this week. And Good, yeah. I, I I hope to talk to Mike Pinnell. This is a guy that right. Bob McGinn and I, I mean, I'm never forgetting, Bob McGinn, we still cover the team, came over and said, Mike, what do you think? I said, I like 64. It's an undrafted guy, man. He's winning the one-on-ones. He's really strong, upper body strength and all that. He not only made the team, you know, he's a regular starter, but then he gets not one but two suspensions for, I think it was, I don't know if it was PED use or, or uh, illegal you know, substance or something. And I remember T.J. Lang saying to me after the second one, he goes, you know, it's clear what you can take and take, can't take in this league. I mean, it's, it's not that hard. And to get nailed with that a second time is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. And they didn't bring him back. And he played with the Jets. Well, last week against the Titans, he stopped Derrick Henry twice. And, and in key moments where that game could have shifted momentum because Chris Jones was out. And here he is with the Chiefs, and he's in the Super Bowl. You could have used maybe a guy like that if he kept him around another two or three years in that interior line. I'd like to hear his story about, you know, how he's been able to survive in this league, reinvent himself, and now he's the one in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Good stuff, guys. Man, appreciate it. And I'm also looking for <laughs> a margarita as big as the ones you had Saturday at a yes. better value. Yes, and uh, I, I have not checked the uh, the volume of activity, but uh, the Penthouse podcast has... Oh, it's taken off? It's uh, it's it's getting some traction. We did a little video to talk yeah. about our weekend and all that, and yeah, it's uh, burning up YouTube. So now the Penthouse Podcast, although we will not be in the Penthouse tonight, we'll be over at uh, Marlins Park uh, for opening night. For opening podcast, night, so. talking to yeah. players and coaches there you and, go. and all that. So, good stuff. Yeah. Dave, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the week. We'll talk again soon. Mike, good stuff as always. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.